Welcome back to the Morale Clubhouse podcast. We're discussing all things Cubs with the Morale community led by Fred, unofficial director of Morale for the Cubs. I'm the t-shirt guy turned podcast producer, Adam. Today is the first day of July. The Cubs have dropped six in a row, seven in the last 10, and somehow clinging to second in division still. Heading into the holiday weekend at home, many of us, the smart ones, are uh, have morale literally delivering to their front step today. So hopefully that will help turn things around. But um, let's be honest, morale is much needed, Fred. They're like four and eleven in their last fifteen games. I might be wrong about that, but it's somewhere uh, to that extent. It's bad, um, bad weekend. I said at the beginning of last week when we did this that this upcoming week was huge, the Dodgers and Brewers series, because we're talking about teams at the moment who are at the top of the division. Two teams that uh, very well could get into the playoffs. They probably will get into the playoffs, and to what we saw this weekend. You know, a division rival, team at the top of the division, a team who has plenty of its own flaws, and it was a big series. And the, for the Cubs to come out like that and, well, number one, lose by 1,000 on Friday. Saturday, close game, but really didn't make anything of it. Had a lot of opportunities offensively. Didn't happen. And yesterday, really the culmination of just um, – all the uh, weaknesses we've seen with this team, we saw it uh, rear its ugly head yesterday. Get a big lead, um, give it up with the starters, expand into a wide deficit, and then can't do anything after that. It is what it is. It's bad. Um, I'm trying to see the positives in this stuff, but at the same time, I want to hear what everyone has to say. Uh, it was a deciding series. I want to preface everything I say by uh, making the point that the season isn't over. Clearly, the season's not over. They have 80 games. Like, a lot can happen. But our season, the Cubs' hopes, the Cubs' expectations, or simply just the personnel that's on the team, definitely change in terms of its outlook moving forward for the rest of these 30 days we have 30 days left 30 days until or 31 days whatever you want to call it until the trade deadline it's a uh it's a tough thing to look i feel like you're looking you're staring down the barrel right now um to the effect that we haven't really felt this since 2014 which is a, a tough 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 place to be in um so i want to hear everyone's thoughts i'm not going to try to make it doom or gloom but i do think there are a lot of things to discuss as always and i would like to hear and would love to hear what everyone has to say this is like by definition the the not leaving clubhouse everyone yeah. that's in here right now definition of not leaving still sure. trying to listen in on cubs talk after after the play that's been the past you know few weeks in the season Yep. Shout out to everybody here. We got uh, Mike already uh, raising his hand. Anyone else want to join in, add their comments, two cents, questions? Raise your hand. We'll bring you in. 
Mike, you're first up. Hey, Fred. Hey, Adam. Thanks for uh, thanks for keeping us sane here as much as we possibly can. Uh, never you got leaving, it, Mike. Very upset. Very, very upset. Never leaving. Um, yep. I I want to hear your thoughts on Eric Sogard. I can I can't remember the last time I did not enjoy watching a guy play this much in my entire tenure as a Cubs fan. Maybe Ronnie Cedeno, but at least he kind of had some promise. I can't stand this guy. I'll hang up and listen. But again, thanks again, uh, both of you, for keeping us uh, us afloat. Yeah, you got it, Mike. I think it just speaks to what the Cubs are missing. I mean, we kind of talked about it last week. The issue with who the Cubs have brought in and really the lineup issue in and of itself is that it's just a whole bunch of swing and miss. And when you bring Patrick Wisdom, God bless the guy. He's been great. He's hit a lot of home runs. He's played good defense. Like, he's been huge. He still strikes out 40% of the time. Sergio Alcantara uh, up there like 30% something of the time. We know the rest of the guys. Wilson, my guy Ian, Javi, clearly. Uh, Chris is striking out more. Like, this has become a big issue. So, for Sogard, it's like he's the one guy that puts the ball in play. Grandy's not productive. He's pretty much – he's like he's worse than Albert Almora was on this team trying to fill that same role. And it shows how important it is that Nico Horner – how important Nico Horner is to this franchise because of his contact skills, because he can produce on top of that, because he can play good defense, he's versatile, so on and so forth. So I hear you, Mike. It's not necessarily the first thing I'm thinking about, but um, yeah, I mean, he's in there to try to make contact. When you need a runner on whatever, uh, when there's a run on third, you need to get him in. Like That's why he's there, and uh, unfortunately, we've had to watch him get a whole lot of that bats this year. Hopefully, are they saying Nico comes back? But we'll see. Are they saying Friday or Saturday for Nico? I I, I haven't read a report today. I know he's not as good. I don't know specifically. Better. Yeah, I do know in a different player, but same skill set. Matt Duffy isn't going to be back till the end of July. I know a lot of people yeah. were tweeting me yesterday saying like, "Hey, like we just need to get healthy. We just need to get Matt Duffy back." Well, Matt Duffy's not going to be back until the end of July, and. That's a long way away. Clearly, clearly, this year has been an important player for us. He's filled that role in terms of making contact, being productive, so on and so forth. We don't have him in there. Um, again, it speaks to the issues that the Cubs are dealing with in terms of putting the ball in play, in terms of having quality at bat. So that's where we're at. That's why Eric Sogard's playing as much as he has, because there's no one really else on the team that can, you know, put the ball in play consistently. And that's it's a tough pill to swallow for sure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. All right, we got Matt Keen next up. What's up, Matt? What's up, Adam? What's up, Dom? Hope you What's guys up, are doing. Matt? Hope you guys are doing well today. Yeah. Um, you know, big off day it seems like today. You know, giving the Cubs a chance to uh, essentially just restart. You know, get some morale in the clubhouse. Maybe some. Uh, some connect roasters around the club. Hopefully. Um, how big do you think the series is with the Reds? You know, some dick ballers. There's no, yeah. you know, the king, the king isn't out there, but you know, I've been following along with you since 2015. And, you know, it seems like the Reds have always been a team where the Cubs can either turn it around or, you know, things get a little more difficult. Yeah. I mean, it is, I, again, I, like I said at the beginning, the season's not over. Like the season is not over at all. The Cubs could go on and trade a player and still be in it at the end of the year so yeah obviously an important series obviously the Cubs still have the opportunity to win um and hopefully they do that I mean they need to get healthy they need Chris Bryant to play they need Anthony Rizzo to play they need to figure out what's up with Anthony Rizzo's back like uh 
Yeah, and, and hopefully the starting pitching can figure it out to the point where we don't pitch like the Dick Ballers. So, yeah, every game's important. If they keep losing, the chances of players getting traded is, uh, you know, increases tenfold. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully they can turn it around. Um, you know, I still believe in a lot of the guys, but they got to be able to put it together. They got to be able to make moves uh, in the right direction. And, uh, you know, hopefully that starts tomorrow against the Dick Ballers. You're absolutely right. Love to hear it, Tom. Thanks so much. Thanks, Matt. Never leaving. Been here since, uh, you know, 102 lost seasons. So. I hear you. I hear you. Thanks again, Matt. I appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. And to this series specifically, like the unfortunate truth is it's all about the timing of when we're playing well. I think we had an yeah. awesome streak against some incredible teams, the Padres, the Dodgers, like I don't know, a month and a half ago. And yep. we did play well when we needed to. And now it's hitting another slump, and that's what baseball is. It goes in waves, but this was the most important one in terms of just making decisions as a business of, of the Cubs. But yeah, yeah, and I don't mean to cut you off, Adam. It's almost like they it's almost like they let it go on for too long. Like they didn't fix the problems early enough. And then it reared its ugly head when, you know, Chris Bryant's out, when Anthony Rizzo's out, you know, when injuries start to pile up and then your warts become uh, much more pronounced and everyone can really, you know, lock in on them and exploit them. And that's kind of what we've seen over the last week or two weeks, whatever it's been, for sure. And sounds like Mike was saying this and I saw a joke about on Twitter too. It's like, we can be disappointed fans in the organization, like, we can be upset about a lot of things happening and the decisions. At the end of the day, we're going to be still here watching the Cubs and trying to enjoy as much as we can. But uh, like Joe said, like you can only do so much complaining where it's just out of your hands. So enjoy what you can. But hopefully, Matt, this this series with the Reds is is positive and it's going to be a fun weekend. Hopefully, uh, with the holiday. Baseball is such a weird game and. Like, I'm not trying to say that I know everything, but, like, think about whatever it was, two or three weeks ago, that Cardinal series. Everyone's on cloud nine. It's incredible. We're fired up. I mean, I was at that game. It was awesome. The cup snakes were going. That seems like so long ago. Um, so, yeah, they can definitely turn it around. Even if they do trade players, just becomes harder and definitely, you know, reality starts to set in as that uh, situation comes closer and closer to I mean, uh, Fred, potentially happening. Fred, even on Friday after the no-hitter, we were on cloud nine. I'm pretty sure we were yeah. still in the tie for first, not but like five days ago. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, You're totally right, Mike. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's even more recent than the Cardinals series. Yep. I didn't even think – I totally forgot about the, uh, the no-hitter. You're absolutely right. That seems like so long ago. Totally. Yeah, it's like – I think that – you know what? That's kind of what makes uh, being a Cubs fan a little bit different is the, you know, positive energy that you get from games. Everyone's fired up. They're, the fans are so passionate about it. And, of course, like that one no-hitter, if you look at the stretch of what the Cubs are doing specifically, they weren't playing all that well. And then that no-hitter comes, back, uh, comes up and everyone's fired up and we're, you know, moving in the right direction again. So, yeah, absolutely. Things can turn um, and hopefully they can consistently turn moving forward. Thanks, Matt. Great, you're next up. How's it going? What's up, Adam? What's up, Fred? Um, What's up, man? How you doing? Good. How about you guys? Um, actually heading to the ballpark right now. Um, part of the grounds crew, so even on the off days, we're going in. God not bless. Leaving. Yeah, I'll send you a tweet of the field, see, show you how it looks. But, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go through sort of like, you know, the ups and downs of what's going on. There's not much 
you know, nothing really positive to say, but we're going to have to try to find it along the way. But uh, just thinking about, like, lineups like yesterday in particular, uh-huh. um, well, let's just start with the top three. You got Peterson, Contreras, and Baez. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, Contreras and Baez, you know what they could provide. Jack against righties. I mean, okay. And then from four to nine, who can you really rely on? After that, I mean, obviously, Ian Hap's probably the star of this lineup, as we know, in terms of morale, at least. Yeah. And then, you know, Patrick Wisdom, young rookie, just, I mean, he matches his fastballs, but once we mix in the breaking balls and stuff like that, I don't know. Then Hayward, Alcantara, Sogard, and then the pitcher. So, I mean, if I you're agree. relying on your one through three, you're not really giving yourself a chance. I know they're banged up, but, I mean, we're going to need, I mean, we're going to need everyone, all hands on deck, in the next month or so. You might as well consider this, like, their September, because in a couple of weeks, it's going to be their season, you know? For sure. Uh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of decisions that need to be made, so we're going to need everyone healthy, and they got to play for their careers and their, their Cubs' lives, because some of these guys, in a couple of weeks, they may not be here, depending on how the next couple of weeks goes. Um, yeah, it just seems like it was – like a week ago that we were sweeping the Cardinals and everyone was chanting sweep and we had cup snakes not laying on the field. So, I mean, it's crazy how baseball could be so high and then yet so low in such a long or short period of time, especially since we, you know, have been bailing with the Dodgers, no hit them too. Um, so I'm- right. I mean, guys are playing for their Cubs lives. The Cubs are playing for their season over this last month, considering all the, uh, you know, all the realities that are setting in, especially after this. If I could add one more thing. Um, yeah. There's a couple things that, you know, have me holding on to hope. Thinking about, like, uh, you know, the 2011 Cardinals, for example, they were barely above 500. I think they had maybe, like, 87, 85, 86 wins. And then they went all the way to the World Series as a wild card team and won it, obviously. So, you know, if, if a team that's barely over 500 – like them could do it, then, I mean, I guess that's one thing that you can look at as a, you know, something to believe in. And uh, I was listening to the radio at the end of the game last night. Pat Hughes made a point. He said, you're not as good as your best win, and you're not as bad as your worst loss. So it's even when you think it's the lowest of the low, it's never that low. And whenever it's your peak, it's never that high. So I guess those are two things that we could look at as beacons of hope, but, you know, we're at a point where there's not much to believe in, but, you know, that's yeah. basically all I got. And I would say this, I mean, I totally agree with you. There is always hope. You're talking to the most optimistic person, but I will say what David Ross said after the game yesterday really pissed me off. I tweeted out this morning. He goes, referring to Jake Arrieta, he goes, I don't know who we could – put in to fill his role. Like, I don't know who could replace him. Well, if you don't know who would replace him, then you shouldn't be doing the goddamn job. I'm sorry. Because if you're going to have a guy out there, I love Jake. Everyone knows I'm all about Church of Jake. Everyone understands that. But if you don't have a replacement for a guy that just gave up a 7-0 lead in the second inning, third inning, whatever it was, don't do the job. Find someone else to do the job. That's just the reality of it. That ticked me off so much and now I'm getting pissed up pissed off thinking about it right now it's absolutely ridiculous to tell your fan base well I don't know if I'm gonna be able to replace him find someone who who can replace him Keegan 
if you want to do an opener when Jake starts, whatever it may be, you can't go out, tell your fans that you're going to be productive. Tell your fans that you're trying to win. Tell your fans there's not going to be any issue at the trade deadline in terms of investing, so on and so forth. And then say, in a huge game, a game trying to limit a sweep, a huge series, clearly in this season for the 2021 Cubs season, say at the end of the game, well, we don't know who's going to replace them. Pissed me off so much. If ownership really wanted to win, he'd want. If the owners really wanted to win, Tom Ricketts would have walked down into David Ross's office and said, no, 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 we're not talking like that. We'll find someone someone who uh, who can replace Jake. It's just that's kind of where I'm at. I know I'm frustrated, but unless things like that happen, then I don't see a very positive outlook moving forward because doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. We're seeing that with Jake. We're seeing that with this starting rotation. They're not productive. The, the, the 29th worst rotation. So things have to change. And if it has to change within the own, within the walls of the Cubs clubhouse, in terms of the personnel being used, that has to get figured out immediately if you feel like there is actual hope and you believe that the Cubs can move it forward. But rolling the balls out consistently, saying, well, we can't replace this guy. No chance after that. If that's the case, there's no chance after that. Plus, isn't the answer to that who will replace um, Jake Trevor Williams? Isn't he on a rehab assignment right now? So that's number one. And number two, I think we all know yeah. how you know Tom, Tom stance on it. So, you know, very little hope there. But I, I think Trevor you. Williams is close. Yeah, I hear you. But I don't know. Like, God bless Trevor Williams. I just don't know if Trevor Williams is the knight in shining oh, armor. Agreed. Uh, he's the day. He's yeah. not. But he's an option. He's an option. I, but I would just hope the Cubs are get a little bit more creative than that they really cared enough and i get and i get keegan thompson's filled a good uh you know long relief middle relief whatever you want to call it role i understand it he comes in he puts the fires out early in games but like we all know starting pitchers starting pitchers are like the most arguably some of the most important players on the team and if you have a bad start or you know you can't hold a big like you're screwed we saw it yesterday Day. So I'd hope the Cubs would get more creative than the, than what they have shown, and uh, if that's the case, they got to do it fast, very fast. And I got one more point. Um, yeah, I spoke about you know the weaknesses in the lineup, and you brought up the pitching. I just, I mean, it's been an issue for a while now. I don't understand why the Chicago Cubs can't afford like just the best of the best or the third most expensive franchise in baseball they shouldn't be dealing with these poverty issues like you know say, I hear you. And the royals is royal or you know the royals are like the mariners for clown of just some garbage teams that aren't even baseball cities not in the top three cities in the country like chicago la new york like we just shouldn't be dealing with these poverty issues I, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, it obviously goes back to the bad news trade. I mean, we could go down that rabbit hole. Listen, those those things are going to change. We can talk about it later on in terms of what the Cubs are going to do in the offseason, specifically in the free agent market. Um, I would argue that I, I don't think starting pitching has been like the main issue for a while, like going back early on when they had it rolling in 16 and 17. Like they had a good team. Kyle Hendricks has been good. Bad news. He was hurt in 2000. 18 but then really figured it out his final two years here so i don't know if starting pitching has been the main thing this year it has though and um listen it, you can't win if you cannot hold big leads or you can't give the team a chance because we all know that 
not trying to make excuses for the hitters, but hitting is uh, much more volatile than uh, starting pitchers or in their production. And so you can't hold big leads or you can't keep your uh, team in games on a consistent basis. Anyone else in the uh, in the room that has anything to add? Let me Free hear it. And we've got Press, the regular, coming up next. Press, how's it going? What's up, fellas? Sorry, I'm like in the middle of a meeting, and I did not want to miss this. God bless, uh, Press. <laughs> I love you guys. Uh, a question, and and a, and just one comment. I'm just not. I'm not playing devil's advocate. Um, it's just that I feel like all the I've seen so much on Twitter about all the questions about like finances and why the team is like not uh, you know, like not able to spend. I feel like there there is so much information we don't know about the Cubs assets are tied up. For Other sure, than, you know. I mean, and 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 I know Dom, you realize that, but I mean, like I'm just kind of just trying to say it out loud that it's like. I mean, you look back at the last five years, you win the World Series, you get money from winning the World Series. But we also just like invested tons into Wrigleyville. I say we as if it was coming out of my pocket. It's not coming out yeah. of my pocket. But no, like, invested tons there. We have no idea like like how much of the, the Cubs like assets are still tied up in those improvements. Uh, like the players are a piece of it for sure, but not the whole piece. And so that's where I find grace with that whole question. Um, I get it. Yeah. No, uh, I, and it's it, it's a fair point, Press. I, you know, I, we don't know the books. We don't know the numbers. We don't know the profit margins. And and I totally understand that. And for people that are, I'm not going to say come, are coming at me, but are, you know, pressing back and saying, well, you don't know. They're, they're totally right. I would just say when you look at the grand scheme of things, like, want to use Kyle Schwarber and bad news as an example, but just because they were on the team, we'll use them as an example. Arguably, that's like $30 million the Cubs gave up. Listen, I know things are I know things are different. I know there's a pandemic. I know they have their assets tied up. But when you look at $30 million compared to the valuation of their franchise, and I know the valuation is not liquid assets. I get it. People, This one guy is trying to t- – Literally, give me a whole accounting spiel about it. Listen, I understand it. That's not even 1% of their overall value as a team. It's there. You can't say the money's there. And, Press, I totally understand what you're saying. But these little incremental changes, not bringing back someone that could have helped the team, not paying your ace to be on the team for his last whatever it was, three years. Like, in the scheme of things, yes, it's money, but it's not this, like, like absolute crutch that's going to take them away and not they're not going to be able to do anything else. So like these are things that are relatively um, – they're relatively uh, easy to accomplish when you're looking at the overall valuation of the team. I know I might be speaking out of turn because I don't know the actual books, but it's just – it's hard for me to believe like, all right, the $15 million we saved from Kyle Schwarber and John Lester – that's going to like put us over the top and we're going to be fine. And we're just skimming. Like, I just don't believe that. I think the players have a very fair argument. It's why for the labor negotiations going into this off season, it's why they're so pissed off about it is because like they can set the margins at whatever they want. They have their assets tied up. 
But at the same time, like they can kind of keep the books to themselves and they don't have to say how much they're losing, how much they're uh, making, so on and so forth. And it makes me believe that, you know, men, most of the time they're just covering their ass. So they, you know, can keep whatever it is, that extra pocket change for billionaires. Um, so they'll be fine in the long term. Well, I think that's been going on since the beginning of Major League Baseball, right? For sure. Fighting between the ownership and the players. But, I mean, even, sure. even before the pandemic, uh, Tom was closing his wall. I mean, what the Reds got Nick Castellanos for is a, a, almost a joke. And it is a joke. We, we, we it is ex- a joke. And he basically expressed zero interest into re-signing him. And he would have wonders for this team. I hear you. I hear you. Then, you know what, I, I – I, I hear all, all the arguments. There's people that are always talking to me like, you don't understand this. You don't understand that. And then there's the people that are, well, we should have spent this or spent that. I'm all for it. I feel like I give the Ricketts uh, family a pretty fair shake over the years. I know I'm going at them hard right now. But I think it's very deserving. And um, you reap what you sow. And when you get rid of some key guys, not even key guys, but guys who could help the team. Like, we've gone through, like, four backup catchers. Four – the one backup catcher's shoulder is literally on Miller Miller Park's uh, uh, first baseline right now. If you have Victor Caratini, things are different. If you have an ace, things are different. If you have a left fielder who could come in, hit righties, hit for power, go on a hot streak, carry a team for a month, things are different. And when you cut corners, when you shorten the margins, when you try to piece it by and just you know skate by, say we have enough. It bites you in the ass every single goddamn time. And that's what we're dealing with right now. That's why it's so frustrating. And that's why I said for months, invest in this team, invest in this team now, fill the holes so we can move forward before the ugly warts really rear their ugly head because um, we're seeing that happen right now and it's frustrating. And I totally understand where fans are coming from and why they're so pissed off right now. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're trying to talk it out. We got a question in on Periscope from Ty. He said, uh, oh, he said, if, if we are going to be selling, yeah, what's the actual plan? He says the plan just go full tank at that point. I don't think it's full tank. I think that I think the Cubs right now have to be making a decision on who they're bringing back. If you don't know who you're going to bring back right now, then I. I, I, I find it almost negligent not to understand who you want back. There, there has to be a plan. Say, we believe that this guy is so important to this team, we can't go without him. If you have not figured that out, if you have not mapped out that plan, if you, if you have not strategized and figured out what it's going to take, so on and so forth, figure out the budget that they're always talking about, then it's almost negligent because – there's a point in time, and we are at that point in time right now where everyone's talking about there's these big decisions that have to be made. And if you think Anthony Rizzo's the guy long-term, then Anthony Rizzo's that, that, that guy long-term, and everyone else is on the block. Or if it's someone else, whatever it may be. I don't think they're going to trade everyone because I do still think there are players on this team that uh, are productive, that are winning players, so on and so forth. Um, but – Listen, I'd be lying to everyone if I if I just said, yeah, let's keep running out the same nine. Let's keep running out the same core. Let's keep doing it. No, we've seen it. We've seen it. I, I've watched all the games. I know you all have watched all the games. It's not working. They don't put the ball in play enough. They don't, you know, uh, have good enough at bats. Like, we see it. 
especially with that dollar sign coming up for many of these players. So um, I don't think it's going to be everyone, but if the Cubs can't figure it out soon, if the Cubs can't miraculously go on this wild run, we're looking at a we're looking at a sale at the end of July. I'm not trying to paint a bleak picture, but we got to be honest here. And you're coming from the most this is coming from the most positive Cubs fan out here. Um, it's just the reality of the situation. Doing the same thing over and over and, and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. Getting specific with players, Taylor from Periscope asked what your outlook is on Bodie once he's back from injuries. He's somebody that you'd want to keep around. Well, one thing I think is really important, I mean, you know, David Bodie's fine. He plays decent defense. He can hit for power. He was actually hitting all really well. It didn't show for his regular statistics, but when you look at his he's done, you know, he, he was doing he was doing a, a good job. Uh, he was actually having one of his better performances in terms of simply hitting the ball that he's had throughout his whole career. My point is that moving forward with, you know, even the way the game is changing, you're getting more rest for these guys. Like um, the the roster manipulation is changing, especially where it was like 10 years ago. Um, you need you need like 13, 14 guys in terms of position players to get the job done on a weekly basis. We're, we're seeing that with Pat Wisdom, Alcantara, like you name it. There's so many guys that have been in the lineup this year. Um so if David Bodie's one of those guys who can hit lefties and play good defense, he's not a starter. But if you can have a guy who can fill in and be in, uh, play actual role, then yeah, you need him. We shouldn't be looking. And again, I will definitely admit that I've fallen victim to this uh, with the best nine. Um, it's just rely on the same guys every single day. And it's really hard to do that when you're not playing the matchup game. Um, so, yeah, David Bodie can be that guy, especially if he can keep his strikeouts down. But I'll be honest that um, I'm not thinking at all about David Bodie right now. I hope he gets better, though. All right. Any last questions from everyone yeah. on the uh, on the panel? Yeah, I got I got one more that's kind of related to to development. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I, I had the absolute pleasure of attending an Iowa Cubs game this week. Oh, it's great. Oh yeah. I had, had an awesome time when I was in my, in a previous life, my younger years I had, I was a partial season ticket holder. So it was like really awesome to see them and got Nico and everything. So what, uh, I don't, I apologize if someone has asked a question like this before I signed on, but what uh, would your hopes and dreams be for the farm system? We talk all the time about getting like, like buying in another starting pitcher or like, you know, like giving guys contracts. I don't feel like we talk about the farms very much. So I don't know. What Do you have hopes and dreams, or is it just not something you're thinking about right now? No, no. I mean, it's the lifeblood of your organization. You look at the Dodgers. They they bring up guys every single year that, that get the job done. They can, you know, fix relievers. We're seeing that here on the north side, right, with the, the bullpen. Uh, Tommy Hadovy, I know I've talked about it a lot, the pitch lab. Like, they've proven that they can develop guys in terms of uh, – uh, playing important roles in that bullpen. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of my goals, they should be the best. Uh, they should be the best at developing players on a consistent basis every year. There's no, there's, there's nothing should fall short of that. And I know it's hard to do. I know the Dodgers are really good at it. I know the Rays are really good at it. I know the Reds and what they're doing with their pitching infrastructure. They will be really good at it. They're good at it right now. You'll start to see it more. Um, in the major league on the major league team soon enough though, but they'll always be the dick ballers. Um, anyways, 
yeah, it's the it's develop uh, team, it's develop players that can help the major league team uh, on a consistent basis. Uh, they should be leading in technology, analytics, the whole deal, development strategies, and anything short of that should not be tolerated. It's why going back to 2000, I believe it was 2019, when they created the pitch lab, when they brought in Craig Breslow, when they brought in Justin Stone, like it was great, but it was, you know, five years late. And we're starting to see, you know, the benefits of it now. But the teams that are on the forefront and are, you know, pushing the ball forward and doing the damn thing on a consistent basis, doing the things that uh, other teams wouldn't even think about doing, those are the teams that are going to, you know, be best. And that's what, we, that's what we're striving for, right? We're striving for championships. Uh, anything short of that, not doing your due diligence should be called out for sure. And hopefully the Cubs can continue to uh, build on the development they've already established over the last couple of years. Yeah, cool. Thanks, man. I, especially in the last like couple of years, I've got, gained a real appreciation. Yeah. Um, for the Iowa Cubs, Mulkies, uh, what are the Pelicans? <laughs> like, I just feel like the South Bend, the folks in South Bend, I just uh, uh, cool experiences in their ballparks, but also, you know, I feel like we won the World Series because we were so deep that year. You know, I mean, absolutely, we, we had so many options. And, you need options. You yeah. need options. You cool. need. You need a whole. You need a village. You need a village exactly. to, to try to win it. Thanks, well, thanks, thanks so much for the answer, Dom. God bless you and your family, man. You got it. Thanks, Press. I appreciate it. Thanks, Press. Anyone else up here have any uh, last questions before we move on to the uh, end of the show? Yeah, Dom, I actually have one more going along those lines. Yeah. Um, so you talked about a little bit, you know, we are on, you know, backup catcher, Jesus Christ, whatever it is nowadays. Yeah. And yeah. you know we have six. some solid, yeah, six, yeah, yeah. We have so and we have some solid guys. Um, a name that actually I've been following a little bit since you know last summer is Miguel Maya, and they kind of projected him at least on MLB's website coming up sometime this year. Do you think that's going to be like a reality just because the Cubs are in such a need of a catcher, or do you think he's pushed back more towards like twenty two? You know, I know he started the year off a little slow. I haven't looked at what he's done recently. I would just say, especially with catchers, it can be hard. It can be hard because of all the demands that are on that position. And I don't think in terms of the Cubs organization, I mean, even going back to 2016 when they walked, when they brought Wilson up, they still had three catchers on the roster. They didn't put too much on his plate. So I don't know if they would bring him up. Like, if you look at the, the a catcher development in the big leagues, it, it takes time. Victor Garatini, uh, a decent amount of time to, like, actually uh, have trust from the organization to be the full-time backup catcher. So I don't know if it's necessarily going to happen this year. It's some big shoes to fill with Wilson. And just the, the position alone, like, just to do that job is really hard. It's incredibly taxing. It's uh, obviously very challenging. So I don't know if it's necessarily this year, but – you know, I think everyone would agree he's hopefully the uh, next catcher in line Depend regarding or, you know, what happens to Wilson Contreras moving forward. Hopefully he's that next guy. But we'll have to see. But, I mean, yeah, they need – we need to get, like, a, a consistent backup catcher who's not going to blow out their shoulder running down the first base. God bless Jose Lovatone. I know people were pissed at him because he, like, pulled up a little early. 
Uh, I think that was just kind of like human nature. He sees a hater on top of the bag. He slows down and then he tries to speed up and breaks his shoulder. So, um, yeah, we need a backup catcher because we can't have a new one every other game. Uh, It's ridiculous. Appreciate it, Dom. God bless you and your family. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. All right, Fred, I have a couple of Wrigley-related questions to hopefully take us off of the stress of talking about the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe Greg can top can uh can chime in from being uh going on the grounds crew, but um number one, it's fourth of July week and I think it's like an yeah. iconic weekend to be in, in Wrigley. Yeah. What it would is, you say is the be- best day of the weekend right now to go to go to Wrigley? What do you mean? You mean like weekend or just like this weekend. This weekend. Best day to go. Also, you have to confirm or deny if you're going to the Cubs game with the company. We've had an invite. They play you know. no. They play on they they play on Monday. They're not here. This oh, that's day. the first one. That's the first one. Adam. Oh, I'm way off. You're way Are you off. going Monday? Um, we have to talk about that. Something came up. And you're <laughs> not going to be happy about it, but I'll fill you in on the details. Um, in terms of next week, uh, yeah, I mean it's listen, the federal landmark. Actually, this is the first. This is the first Fourth of July with Wrigley being a federal landmark. So. I hope there's a huge celebration. They should shoot fireworks off the top, like the entire stadium, off the scoreboard, off the lights. Like, it, can you imagine that? That would be absolutely. They should do that every single year. I don't know why they don't. Uh, it's federal landmark. It should be like a major Fourth of July celebration down Clark Street uh, to welcome everyone to uh, you know this historic place, this uh, nationally recognized landmark. Um, it's a great place to be. Hopefully have a great weekend in Cincinnati, then come back and, uh, you know, push, push the ball forward, move things in the right direction and get some wins. Um, but we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. God bless anyone who goes to the federal landmark, uh, after 4th of July. I hope everyone has a great time. Uh, cause it's definitely a special place to be, especially this, uh, around this time of year. The next one is I know we're, you're not very opinionated on this topic. Yeah. But I have a theory about it. Uh-huh. Dead or alive when the fans come back to Wrigley on the beer snakes? Um, dead or alive? Man, that's a great question. I think. Oof, you know what? I, I know they died. I know they went on the field, but I don't I, I don't think they're going anywhere. Now, I think the Cubs are gonna police it a lot more. More, um, more, but yeah, I think they're going to be back. I for sure think they're going to be back. It's not that I'm like incredibly fired up that they're going to be back, um, but I think they will be back because you know people are going to be excited and uh, just the way it goes. I think it's going to take a little while for cup snakes to kind of fade away. Um, if people are safe and people are still enjoying the game and everyone can watch the game and it doesn't cause too many problems, then. You know, I guess I'm for it or whatever. Um, I can tolerate it. Uh, it is what it is. I hope everyone has a great time. But I, I don't think they're going to totally be extinct this early in the season. That's just my take. Yo, Dom, um, I was actually yeah. at a White Sox game um, last weekend. Some buddies and I, I had some, like, cheap tech actually started taking cup snakes from the people in bleachers. There. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I they, they probably don't want the same thing to happen that happened whatever it was a week ago with having snakes lying on the field, cups everywhere. It was a, it was a memorable picture. 
just laying on the warning track, something I'll never forget. Yeah, I can I can guarantee that the fans will bring the Cup Snakes back, but expect that security to be like Fort Knox. Like they're just not yeah. gonna let that happen again. For Cubs sure. Wrigley Field already has like security that's like on high alert. Like if you try to walk into the lower bowl, like the one hundred levels, they won't even let you go by without checking your ticket. As yeah. opposed to you know guaranteed rate, you can just walk in and you know do whatever you want there. So yeah, um, it's it's gonna be rocking in the next week or two though. We got Phillies coming in. Uh, Bryce Harper's in town, and we got the Cardinals for three. So. You know, that's a good opportunity to build some morale, build some momentum. Uh, and then they got the lowly Diamondbacks. So, I mean, you know, if I mean, if we can get behind them, get a couple wins off the Phillies, take two out of three, get a couple out of the Cardinals, maybe even sweep them, and then take advantage of a Diamondbacks team that's really down the dumps. And, I mean, you know, we can be back to where we were a couple of weeks ago. I hear you, Gray. I just hope we can make some changes internally to help alleviate uh, the struggles that we're that we've uh, seen so far this year. Maybe I can put Gray into like investigating this theory I have, but the theory is that the the cup snakes happen and grow obviously as more beer is being drank and more beer is being drank as people are going and in between innings and during innings to grab their beers because they don't care about the game and it's boring. But the better performance on the field, the more people are going to be watching the game and the less uh-huh. will be focused on socializing, stacking the beer cups. Maybe that's the push to get the ownership to put a better, uh, to make moves and putting investments into the team. That's that's my wild outlandish theory. We Potentially. Tie it all together. <laughs> Potentially. I've thought about it. I, yeah, I've thought about it in different ways. But I've always had I, my long bit, if people remember, going back to the when the dick ballers were really the dick ballers. I mean, they were they were helping so many teams raise money because my theory was when everyone hits a home run, they're more likely to go be like, oh, like, screw it. I'm just going to get all the beers and I'm just going to eat all the food because the Cubs are winning or whatever. Uh, and they were really helping the economy at the time. So I don't know if that – I think that kind of goes against what you're saying, Adam. Um, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Someone will do a study on it soon enough. Yeah, I mean, most likely Cubs fans, I think, win or lose is definitely still losing, definitely a, a thing. But nonetheless, spend some time – a lot of the uh, independent variables going to the beer snakes. I get it. I get it. We'll see what happens. Someone's going to do a study. Uh, all right. Last thing. Fred, you know what it is yeah. every week. Go garden. Who would you take out this week to dinner? Pat or Bat Wisdom. Pat Wisdom. He's uh. I mean, I know he's striking out 40% of the time, but you know what? He's got like a 184 weighted runs created plus. He's playing good defense. He's playing, you know, multiple positions. Without him, I can't imagine where we'd be. He's hit so many big home runs, and uh, nope, he's been uh, he's been awesome. I hope he can be on the team uh, in the future. I think he's like a great uh, fill-in piece. I'm not saying he's an everyday starter. But if he can definitely bring his strikeouts down, like he's a viable piece. He hits the ball a quarter mile every single time. Um, and he's putting together better at bat. So 
I'm excited for him. Uh, a long time coming. I know he's an older player, and uh, it's just great to see him get a real opportunity, and he's making the best of it. So, Pat Wisdom, Patter Bat Wisdom, we're going out. We're crushing breadsticks, and I'm incredibly thankful for what he's done for the team so far. All right, take us out into holiday weekend. We have the Dick Ballers. Again, the season's not over, folks. The season's not over. The Cubs could go on and trade a few guys and still be in the thick of it. Baseball's that weird. I guarantee you, even if the Cubs do trade players, and we'll probably be frustrated about it, we'll be sad about it, I guarantee you, in September and August or August, there will be a big series that we're going to be looking at and be like, oh, this is the biggest series all year, even after the trade deadline. I guarantee you it will happen. It happens every single year. Baseball's so weird. Um, it's just the game that we watch and we love. So stay with it. Hang with it. But you have every right to be frustrated. Frustrated myself. Um, so hang with us. Hang with them. And uh, hopefully we can give it to the Dick Ballers this weekend. Thanks, everyone, for being here. It's great to hear your thoughts. And we'll do it again next week. If you have any uh, other issues or if you disagree in the future, just feel free to come on here. We'll chop it up. We'll hear everyone's thoughts, and we'll go from there. Thanks, everyone. Everyone in here. Yeah, thanks, Brent. Definitely not leaving. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely. Press, Jake, Alex, Derek, Gloria, Seth, Blake, Joshua, Dylan, Eric, Jared, Rob, Connor, Chris. And everyone in Paris. God bless you and your family. Thanks, guys. From Gallagher Way, we believe. See ya.